All right, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Late Hit. We are going to go over this week some of the head coaching hires and coordinator hires from the past week. And then we're going to wrap up things here with discussions of both championship games from championship weekend and then talk about the pro ball a little bit before we wrap things up. But the first thing is probably the biggest coaching hire of this offseason. The Los Angeles Chargers hired Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh to be their next head coach. How much does Harbaugh improve this team? Because, you know, we've seen him formerly, he was a coach for the 49ers, did pretty well there, took them to a Super Bowl, and then came to Michigan, and obviously a few years later won a national championship. So do you think the addition of Jim Harbaugh makes a team better? Uh, I, I think so. I, I think Jim Harbaugh is a great coach. You know, when he was with the Niners and, and you know, being in the NFL previously, I, I think he was a wonderful coach. I, I think he's going to be a big help to Herbert. I think he'll he'll probably bring Herbert, make him a better quarterback than, you know, what most people think he already is. Um, and, you know, it's tough because the Chargers finished the season 5-12, and 12, which is surprising because uh, just, you know, the, some of the big-name players they have with Eckler, Everett, you know, I mean, Al, Keenan Allen's older, but, you know, he's always, you know, a reliable guy at wide receiver position. But I think if you can keep you keep Herbert and Eckler both healthy for the whole year, I mean, you uh, – I think you could do a better – have a better season than what you have previously. And I think Jim Harbaugh, I think he turns the team around a good bit. I don't, I don't know if – because it's, it's tough. Because the, the division that the Chargers are in, you know, it's it's tough to win that division, no matter, you know, what what season, what coach players you have, you know, it's always a tough division. But I think Jim Harbaugh is a great ad. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Like you look at the defense, they got Cleo Mack. Obviously, Bosa is very good. Derwin James is one of the better players in the secondary in the league, I think. So, and defensively, it just wasn't there last year, which is surprising because the coach that they had, he was a defensive-minded coach before they fired him. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, like receivers, like you said, you have um, Keenan Allen. He's pretty good. Mike Williams is a very good wide receiver. Unfortunately, yeah, injuries ended his season. Um, not sold on Quentin Johnson. I mean, he had a lot of drops this year. So, I mean, I think he's not worth what they – uh, picked him for, but you know, obviously the biggest talent of all on that team, Justin Herbert. I mean, he, I don't want to say looked bad last year because he still had, you know, flashes of brilliance, but I mean, he definitely did not live up to his potential. And, you know, obviously I think coaching is a big part of that. And like you said, Harbaugh, he turned Michigan around when he went there, he was at with the 49ers Alex Smith, he was their quarterback at the time, and he really wasn't doing anything with his career until Harbaugh got there. He kind of turned things around. And then, obviously, the success that he had with Colin Kaepernick when they finally put him in the starting position. So, I mean, Jim Harbaugh, he's a great catch for any team. And I think if any team in the NFL right now needs it, it's going to be the Chargers. And like you said, that division, you got the Chiefs. The Broncos kind of improved from their previous year this season, and the the Raiders they got better after they fired Josh McDaniels. 
And I think they're only going to improve this coming season, depending on who they actually get as their quarterback and, you know, what talent they bring back to this roster. So it's a tough division. It's going to be tough for Harbaugh to come in there and have success. Now, I don't see them winning that division or going to the playoffs possibly this year at all, because I think it's going to be a little bit of a turnaround for Harbaugh when he gets there. But I think eventually this might be the team to beat in that division. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, too, is like you look back at the, the Chiefs' season, or not the, the the Chargers' season, I'm sorry. You look back at the Chargers' season, and other than, you know, the blowout to the Raiders and the 14-point loss to the Chiefs and the 17-point loss to the Broncos, you know, all their other games are within seven points. Yeah, Every other game this season is within one score. So there's really not that much that – you know, you clean a few things up and, you know, you could have a lot more wins uh, with this team. And I think Jim Harbaugh can do that. Now, the biggest part is, is, you know, with Kellen Moore going to the Eagles, you know, Harbaugh brought in Marcus Brady as the offensive coordinator. So, you know, maybe, maybe from that scheme of things, as far as the offensive coordinator, do you, you think things might have a different look offensively? For the worse or for the better, getting rid of Kellen Moore? I think Kellen Moore, I mean, obviously there was a reason Dallas fired him. There was a reason that he's no longer with the Chargers. Uh, I mean, he's he's a good quarterback's coach. I'll say that because I think he really did well in kind of bringing Dak along his first couple of years in the league when he was their quarterback's coach and he was a backup quarterback there at the end of his career. But as far as the coordinator goes, like he didn't really show me anything that one season he was the coordinator in Dallas. He didn't really show me anything. I think they did better this year with Mike McCarthy taking over the play calling. And then last year, obviously, with the Chargers, I mean, they offensively, as far as passing the ball goes, they didn't look too great either. So, I mean, I'm not too thrilled with Kellen Moore. I think whatever coordinator Harbaugh brought in is going to be kind of just an offensive like he's going to get the team ready for the game. I think Harbaugh is probably going to be the one that's calling the plays during the game and stuff like that, which rightfully so. I mean, he's, like I said, he's a quarterback guru, what he did in San Francisco. And then, you know, last year, obviously they at Michigan were more of a run team, but still when the quarterback, uh, when McCarthy or JJ McCarthy had to make plays in Michigan last year, I think he did a good job of making plays when he needed to. So, I mean, Offensively, I think this Chargers team is going to get a lot better. I mean, it all depends what talent they decide to bring back on the defense side of the defensive side of the ball. But I mean, Khalil Mack, I think he's not. It's it's tough to say because they have a lot of good talent on that defense, and none of them lived up to their potential. And I think it was mainly a coaching thing. Yeah, I just I think Kellen Moore is a lot more geared towards pass. So I think, you know, I know the Chargers pass uh, offense didn't look that great this year, but I think their their run offense slacked a little bit too, just from that mindset of Kellen Moore being more towards, you know, passing offense. So I don't know, Marcus Brady, if he can, you know, have a good offensive scheme and also under Jim Harbaugh, I think think they could turn things around for the better. Yeah, I think – and they had they had injuries last year, like we said. Williams, the wide receiver, he unfortunately suffered a season-ending injury. Eckler, yeah, and Herbert was in and out. I mean, right? You know, and he played most of the season with that injured finger, Herbert. So, 
and Eckler, he's always hit or miss as far as whether he's going to be injured or not. And, you know, they really didn't have a solid backup running back to put in there. And then when, when Herbert went down, the whole offense just went to shit. I mean, if they can be healthy next year, Herbert stays healthy. I don't know if Eckler's coming back. I know, you know, there's a lot of questions about him, but Mike Williams should be healthy. Keenan Allen, like you said, he's getting older, probably getting towards the tail end of his career, but still a solid wide receiver. Um, and then Everett, I think he's a pretty good tight end in this league. So, I mean, the talent's there. And if anybody's going to utilize it, I think it's up to its potential, it's going to be Jim Harbaugh because he really knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think ultimately, too, a big part they got to look at is is the Chargers' offensive line wasn't the greatest. I think that hurt them a little bit, too. So right. if you look at that aspect of it, maybe if they can make some changes there. And they're going to have a pretty good draft pick with you know, finishing the season five and 12. I don't know where they're placed at. I didn't look, but, you know, obviously they're going to be up there pretty far uh, with that record. So if they can get some offensive talent, you know, they could even be better. Yeah. Offensive line is definitely one of the keys to success. I mean, if you can't keep your quarterback on his feet, you're probably not going to have success. So, I mean, and, you know, I really think that they should use that first round pick at at a left tackle. You know, you got to protect your, your young quarterback's blind side. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm excited to see where this team's going to be this year. But like I said, I'm not, I'm expecting them obviously to improve over where they were at five and 12 last year. But I don't know if I see them being a playoff team because there's just a lot of good teams in that AFC right now. And I think the Chiefs are probably the best team in that division. Obviously, they're playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. So the Falcons have hired Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris to be their next head coach. This is uh, Morris's second stint as a head coach in this league. He was the Buccaneers head guy from 2009 to 2011. Now, there's a lot of a lot of head coaching candidates out there this offseason. And honestly, I'm, I'm surprised that Raheem Morris got a job. Um, you know, with all the other talent that's been out there, I don't know that this was the right answer for Atlanta. I think they really needed a better candidate than this. Yeah, and well, the thing is, too, is, you know, the the team in Atlanta, you know, it doesn't look like the best team right now. Uh, I don't know if that's just because of Arthur Smith or, or what, but it, I don't know if it's tough to try and get a coach in there, somebody that wants to coach there. I mean, maybe Raheem Morris was one of the only guys that was like, yeah, you know what, I'll, I'll take the job um, because how do, you, how do you interview a handful of times with Bill Belichick and then hire right. Raheem Morris, you know, like what happened with Bill Belichick? Was he like, ah, I don't know. I don't want any part of this team, but that would be the only thing. And now I don't know. I don't know. It's just tough because it's like, like you said, there's, there's a handful of guys out there that stand out better than Raheem Morris, but were those guys making decisions because, and you know, you look at a guy like Bill Belichick, like, yeah, don't get me wrong. He's probably would be a hundred percent. Definite, definite better coach than Raheem Morris, but you know he's at that point where he's either you know looking to to be done coaching or go to a team where maybe he could grab one more championship and 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 then sail off to retirement. But unfortunately, I don't. That's not going to be with Atlanta. No, I mean, and like you said, this uh, um, Arthur Smith was is a good offensive coach. But I don't see him 
you know, he didn't utilize his talent. And we always talk about utilizing talent. And it's one of the biggest things for coaching. You have to know how to use your guys. And, you know, when you got guys like you got B. John Robinson, who was one of the best running backs in the league last year when he was actually on the field. Um, Kyle Pitts, one of the better tight ends in the league. I mean, you have those two guys and you didn't utilize them. Kyle Pitts only had 600 some receiving yards and three touchdowns last year. They didn't use him when they needed to. And there were a lot of times when Bijan Robinson wasn't even on the field in key situations. So Arthur Smith, yeah, he's a good coach, maybe not a good head coaching guy. I mean, yeah, he's definitely the type of guy that needs the talent around him. And he had some talent there last year. He just didn't use it to their full potential. Now Raheem Morris. Yeah, I mean, I don't, go ahead. I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you look at that as a lack of use of the talent or if you just didn't have somebody in that quarterback position that, you know, could play that position strong enough to, you know, maybe make them guys play better or, or make them stand out on the field. I, I don't know because Desmond Ritter, he ain't it. No, neither is Taylor Heineke, which I mean, Taylor Heineke in 2022 for the commanders. I mean, he, was the best quarterback on that roster, obviously. And I think going into this off season, they really needed to get a good quarterback. And that's the one thing that they were lacking that they did not get. Cause like you said, Desmond Ritter, he really didn't wow me when he was at, in college at Cincinnati. And then for them to take him, I think it was a third or a fourth round pick. And then to go into this season with him as their starting quarterback, like he did nothing at the tail end of last season that made me would make me want to say, hey, yeah, he's our guy coming into 2023. I mean, personally, I would have went out and got a quarterback in the draft or, you know, they went out and got Heineke in free agency. But, I mean, there were a lot of better candidates in free agency than Taylor Heineke. So, I mean, Arthur Smith was kind of setting this team up for failure just because of who he went into the season uh, on his depth chart with at quarterback. So, I mean, that's going to be probably the number. They're obviously probably going to take a quarterback first round. I mean, Looking back at what they have, they hit, you know they have good receivers. Drake London isn't bad. Like I said, Kyle Pitts is one of the better tight ends in the league. And then obviously Bijan is your franchise running back. So, I mean, you definitely, I would say, if you don't take a quarterback with your first-round pick, I don't know if Raheem Morris was the right decision then. Yeah, it's tough because, you know, they, they, they finished 7-10. and 10, So, you know, it's obviously that's not good. But, you know, they're going to be higher up there in the draft. So, you know, is there is there going to be a quarterback that you want that's going to fall that far? Um, or, I mean, maybe, but, you know, that's a chance you take, I guess. But I guess it all depend on, you know, when it's when you're up or, or what the, you know, the draft picks look like coming out, what you might be I mean, able to get there. I mean, obviously, Caleb Williams is probably going to be gone. He's going to be a first number one overall pick. Um, I don't know if the, the Bears have the first overall pick because of the trade with Carolina last year. I don't know if the Bears take Caleb Williams. I mean, obviously, they... I don't think so. They, I mean, you, it's like another Justin Fields. Yeah, but I think Caleb Williams is, has more arm talent than Justin Fields does. So... Yeah. But you got, like I said, Caleb Williams is probably going to be gone by the time they pick. Uh, Drake May, I don't know if he's still going to be there. I mean, he's pretty high up on a lot of people's uh, drafts and stuff like that. But, you know, the guy that won the Heisman, Daniels from LSU, I mean, he's a guy that not a lot of people are looking at. He could still be there at that pick. 
I don't know if you, you, you know, your first year as the head coach there, Raheem Morris, I don't know if he really makes the decision to trade up in the draft because they're already top 10 picks. So, I mean, you're really going to have to give up a lot to move up kind of. But, I mean, that's really all they're missing as a quarterback. All the other keys on the offense are there. Maybe a lineman or two. Um, but, you know, with Raheem Morris being a defensive guy, I don't know if they – kind of went the other way since Arthur Smith is an offensive minded guy. And they said, Hey, that didn't work out. Let's try and get a defensive guy in there. So I don't know. We'll see. I I don't, I don't trust the Falcons, even with a good head coach in there. I don't know if I trust them. Even I know yeah. they're in a not, shoot. not nothing against Raheem Morris, but I don't, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't look at him as a good head coach. I mean, hell he was, uh, you know, his three years in, in Tampa Bay as a head coach, he was three and 13. 10 and 6 and 4 and 12. And that's that's one 10 and 6 season. Every other season, you know, it was very poor. So and again, I mean that that Tampa Bay team at that time wasn't the greatest. I mean, you had Josh Freeman as a quarterback. Right. You know, so it's like you can't look at I guess you can't really compare that to what he might have here, but you also got to think if they don't have take a quarterback, you know, you're going to be in the same situation as you were in Tampa Bay, not having a quarterback, but having other talent. So, you know, does do you have the same stint in Atlanta as you did in Tampa Bay as a head coach? I think you will, because you look at this, like look at the hire of Raheem Morris, you know, and you think if a guy like that gets hired, he's usually because he did a pretty damn good job as a defensive coordinator. But if you look at the Rams defense from this past year, they were 20th in the league in total defense. Like that, to me, if I'm looking at that, that guy does not jump out to me as a prime head coaching candidate. Which is crazy to think that they were 20th because the, the talent that the Rams have on defense, that the Rams defense should have, should have shined. I mean, you're yeah. top five, you're top five, maybe top 10 at, at the, at the worst top 10 with, with the talent that the Rams had on that defense. Yeah. That's, so that, that's crazy. I didn't know that stat that they were, that the Rams defense was that low. Yeah, 20th in total defense. So, I mean, I could see, like, every offseason, one of the the 40, whoever is the 49ers defensive coordinator usually gets hired because they're top top defense every year. But then you look, like I said, the Rams defense, 20th overall. To me, I'm not even considering Raheem Morris as a head coach and candidate looking at that defense from this past year. I mean, honestly, like I said, they should have went with somebody better. Bill Belichick. So here's the the thing about Bill Belichick is there's a rumor going around right now that Andy Reid is going to retire after the season. And I think Bill Belichick is waiting possibly. He's either going to retire or he's going to take that position if Andy Reid retires. I mean, maybe, but that's cheating the system. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're... You're coming in as Bill Belichick to a Super Bowl, a back-to-back Super Bowl team. Well, yeah. if if they would win, you know, back-to-back champs, but back-to-back AFC championships. Yeah, like you're you're cheating. Oh, I mean, at seventy-two years old, who wants to go to a team and start over again? And I think that's one of the main reasons why he never took that Atlanta job because you're basically starting from scratch. You got to rebuild yeah, that team, and and, and I, I think that one hundred percent is why he didn't. I mean, who interviews a hand? Who interviews? Bill Belichick a handful of times, and they're like, you know what? We want Raheem Morris instead. You know, Atlanta yeah. didn't make that decision. Bill Belichick made that decision. Yeah. 
Yeah, because the, I'm sure they threw money at him. They said they begged him to come, and he just said, nah, nah, I'm good. I'm waiting for something yeah. better if I even want to coach at all again. That's crazy. <laughs> all right, so the Panthers have hired Buccaneers offensive coordinator Dave Canales as their next head coach. Now, how do we feel about his ability to kind of mold a quarterback? I mean, we saw Baker Mayfield. He had struggles in Carolina when he was there last year, and then he went to the Rams and kind of got a little better. But this season, Baker Mayfield really improved. And I think a big part of that was uh, Dave Canales as his offensive coordinator. So do we feel like he's going to have that same kind of ability to bring to Carolina and kind of mold Bryce Young into the quarterback that they want him to be? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you look at Dave Canales, he was with the Seahawks for 12 years as you know, split quarterbacks, wide receivers, coach back and forth on their offense. And, uh, you know, they were NFC championship team twice and won the Super Bowl once when he was there. Um, so you got to look at it that way as him being a quarterbacks coach with, you know, Russell Wilson and, you know, uh, ending there with Geno Smith and um, coming into Tampa Bay for one season. I mean, yeah, Baker Mayfield looked like a completely different quarterback than what he did in previous years uh, with that Tampa Bay team. So, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, nothing against Bryce Young or the uh, Panthers, but, I mean, can't get any worse, I don't think. What, are you going right. to lose one right. more game? Yeah. 1-16? I mean, it's – so, there's really not much room for disimprovement, you know? Yeah. So but, I think I I think maybe I think it's a good hire. Um think he could uh maybe turn Bryce Young around. I don't know. It's always tough when you throw a a quarterback from, you know, as a rookie into right into the mix, especially a team like that, you know. So it's tough because you don't want to uh you don't want to knock Bryce Young and say that he's a bad quarterback. He was just thrown into a situation where you know, Frank Frank Reich could barely win a game to save his life, and you know it's just like they don't really have a bad bad squad there. I mean, they got Chuba Hubbard, Miles Sanders. You know, they got a good decent backfield. They got Hayden Hurst, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark. You know, those are all those are all big names. You know, so you know you got the talent there with Bryce Young. So that's why I feel like that season was a lot based off of coaching. So if, yeah. if Canales can come in and and have a better offensive scheme, I think they could do something. Yeah, and like the thing about it too, though, is you look about where Geno Smith was before he went to Seattle. His career was in a downward spiral. Then he goes to Seattle, his first year there, 2022. Well, not his first year there, but his first year as a starting quarterback in 2022. He has a pretty good year. Takes that team to the playoffs. Uh, you know, pretty good candidate for comeback of the player of the year. Has a pretty that's good season. Canales. Right, yeah. And then last year, or this year, I'm sorry, Canales leaves. Geno Smith does not have a very good season. Baker Mayfield has a very good season. So, I mean, yeah. it seems like whatever quarterback is under that guy is really having not a lot of success, but is really turning their career around. So, I mean, can he do that with Bryce Young? I don't know. I think Bryce Young needs a lot of work. Uh, you know, 
including Alabama. This is going to be his third season in a row with a different coordinator. So it's going to be tough to having to learn another offensive system for a third straight season. So I don't know. I'm not expecting, like I said, I give everybody a benefit of the doubt of a first year. So I'm not expecting this first season for them to really turn things around. Hopefully they can improve a little bit because two wins is not very good. So if you can't do better than two wins, maybe he shouldn't be the guy there anyways. Yeah. But I'm not expecting, I'm not going to expect them to make the playoffs or win a division or anything like that. I think, I think I expect them at least four or five win season this year. If they can do that, I think I, I would be happy as of right now with Canales. Yeah. I mean, Bryce Young, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, you can't get any worse, honestly, because right. statistically, Bryce Run, Young uh, finished the season with 11 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Yeah. With a QBR rating of, of 33. Not I mean, good. you can't get any worse than that. I mean, yeah, you really, you really can't. And it's like, I don't know. I just, and the sad thing is, is, you know, when you get rid of Frank Reich, you throw in a special teams guy as your head yeah. coach for yep. interim head coach. Like you can't, you can't have a special teams guy be your head coach with a, with a rookie quarterback. I mean, it's just, it's, it's impossible to, to have any success. Under that, yeah, I think though when they when they fire the head coach midseason like that, I think they just go with whoever has the most experience on the coaching staff as their guy because a lot of times you're not going to keep that interim head coach around after the season's yeah. over, so they're just trying to coast. Unless through. you're Antonio Pierce, right? Yeah, they're just really trying <laughs> to coast through the rest of the season with a guy who's got a lot of experience. So, I mean, it's tough to say because. Like you said, Bryce. I don't know. I don't know if Bryce Young was is is a good going to be a good quarterback in this league. And I didn't agree with the pick when they picked him. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with it now. I think obviously looking back at it now, C.J. Stroud was obviously the better option. But I think Bryce Young. He's. I don't know how I feel about him. The jury's still out on that one. Yeah. That well, and the thing is too is like that. Not saying that it was all. All offensive uh, problems with with the Panthers, but the Panthers' defense was ranked fourth overall this season. Right, you know they were third. They were third and pass. Their rush rush defense was a little suspect, but you know that defense ranking fourth overall that's pretty high. I mean that's yeah. very high. So it's like you look at a two and fifteen team, and you're saying the defense was ranked fourth. Well, then obviously all your issues are stemming from your offense. Right. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, if you're – and like, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if you've heard about David Tepper, the Panthers' owner. He's just an awful human being. I mean, <laughs> he's I, he owns the local uh, soccer – Major League Soccer franchise in, in uh, Carolina too, and he's hired – I don't think they, – they said he's never had a, a coach – coach a full season since he's been there so it's it's tough when you got an owner like that because no one really wants to be because he was i think the the panthers were reaching out to a lot of offensive guys coordinators and stuff like that and they were all turning them down no one wanted to go there so i mean it's tough and i feel for dave canales because i mean he's he's a very good offensive coordinator and i really liked what he did this year with the buccaneers and for him to go to a team like that i just hope he can have success and i hope the ownership there does not ruin his career. Well, they uh, 
Panthers, they hired a new GM, ain't? Yeah, they got a new GM, new head coach. Uh, so maybe maybe the GM can can talk the owner from from keeping his mouth shut. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like it reminds you of like the the Redskins slash Commander situation where yeah. Daniel Snyder nobody really wanted him to still be the owner there, and it's kind of turning into that now. They've they've already had petitions going around to fire him or make him sell the team and stuff like that. So it's tough. And I don't honestly, I don't know if if I was a coordinator, I don't even know if I would want to take that position as the head coach there in Carolina because it's just a mess right now. Yeah, I mean, the only I guess the only thing as as far as taking that job would be is you know the the talent that's there. Yeah, because I mean, again, I don't I have mixed emotions about Bryce Young. I don't know how I feel completely about Bryce Young, but I think he was thrown into a poor situation. Um, I think he could be better. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be a standout quarterback in in the NFL, but, you know, so I guess maybe from Canales' standpoint is, well, you know, I, I see the potential there. So maybe I could try and make this team better. Um, but, I mean, if you come into a team that, you know, there there's nobody there, no talent, then, yeah, obviously I'm not coaching that team. But I can see who's there, who's on the roster. And I know that I have a pretty decent defense that I can kind of rely on to to try and get my offense better and, you know, maybe become a 500 or better team. Right. And sometimes it's an advantage going to a team with a young quarterback like that because they don't really have any bad habits developed. Like you can still teach a guy like that rather than going into a situation where you have a veteran who's been there for years who kind of thinks they know what they're doing. Um, so, yeah, I hope – I'm hoping – I mean, I don't, I don't dislike the Panthers – I think they're a good franchise. I really liked them back when Cam Newton was with them. So I think, I, you know, I, I just want them, I would like them to see them have success. Um, and I think Canales might have been the right guy for that job. Yeah. And again, like I said, it, honestly, you can't get any worse. Right. True. <laughs> All right, so the Eagles finally found some coordinators this week. For offensive coordinator, they hired Kellen Moore, who was, uh, like we said, the Chargers' offensive coordinator last year and then Dallas's offensive coordinator the year before that. And then on defensive side of the ball, they hired former Dolphins defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. So obviously, I know I think this is a big improvement over Brian Johnson and Sean Desai. Uh, you know, both of these guys – were established in the league. Vic Fangio, he's been around for years. He was the Broncos head coach years ago, um, and he's been bounced around the league on quite a few teams as their defensive coordinator. So this was definitely a big improvement over the two that they had last season. So I think this is only going to make them trend up towards next year. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, Colin Moore and Vic Fangio are, are definitely better than what you had. I mean, you look at Vic Fangio and it's, you know, he had the Saints in top five defense. You know, he had took the Panthers to NFC Championship. Um, and, you know, with the Dolphins this last season, you know, they were the, the, the best scoring defense and the best turnover defense in the league. So it's – and then you look back and when he was with the Bears, he took them from being ranked 30th overall in defense – to 14, 15, and 10 ranked defenses the three years that he was there. Now, his stint as a head coach wasn't the greatest. Don't talk no. about that. But, uh, 
Uh, I think if he focuses on defense, great defensive coordinator. And uh, I think he's going to be a great, great fit for, for the Eagles just based off of, you know, what they, what they had this last year with, with Sean Desai. I mean, they ranked 26th on defense this year, the Eagles. I just, uh, I don't know. Eagles had the worst third down percentage in, in this in the league this year. That's not good. Yeah, their defense struggled this year, to say the least. Um, after um, Jonathan Gannon left, went to the Cardinals. I mean, this year coming into it, you would think since both of those guys, Brian Johnson and Sean Desai, were already well, Sean Desai wasn't, but Brian Johnson was already on the staff. You would think going forward, it would have been a good fit for this team. Um, Sean Desai came over from Seattle, but defensively, he really did not impress me this year. And the thing about Vic Fangio, like, yeah, like we said, he had a failed little failed stint there as a head coach for the Broncos. But that's the thing about some of these guys. They're really great coordinators, but you put them in a head coaching position and they fall flat on their face. Mm-hmm. So defensively, yeah, Vic Fangio, he's got, he's got the resume. He's got a good track record as a defensive coordinator. Um, so I think he'll be able to step in there and kind of turn this defense around and put them on the right track to where they were two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. And as far as offensive goes with Callan Moore, like I said, I, I don't know if I trust him yet because I don't I didn't see it last year with the Chargers and I didn't really see it with the um Cowboys there when he was there either. So it's tough to say. It's tough to say whether Callan Moore is the right fit or not. But I mean, luckily they're gonna have, you know, a very talented offense. Jalen Hurts, you know, you got the receivers, AJ Brown's probably still gonna be there, Devon Smith. Dallas Goddard. Now they're losing Kelsey. He's going to retirement, but the rest of that offensive line is solid. So, I mean, if, if anybody can have success with this Eagles offense, I think Kellen Moore is probably going to be your guy. Yeah. I mean, Kellen Moore is definitely an upgrade from Brian Johnson because, oh, yeah. you know, you look at, look at the, the 2022 season when, when the Eagles made a Super Bowl, they were third in points and yards per game and they dropped to seventh and eighth. And the, the worst part about that is is the 2023 season, nine out of the 11 starters returned from that Super Bowl team. Yeah. So it's like, what happened? And, you yeah. know, it's, 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 it's hard to say because they started the season out so good. So, you know, everybody was like, okay, you know, this is going to be a good team. And then, I don't know, something had to happen or either it was just, I don't know, they got exposed. I don't know. But how do you go from winning 11 straight or uh, winning 10 out of 11 and then losing horribly your last, what, five out of six games. Yeah. And a lot of those games, and like not a lot of them, but a couple of those games against the Cardinals, not a very good team. You lost one to the Giants and almost lost two to the Giants. So, I mean, when you have guys like Kyler Murray and Tyrod Taylor kind of light it up against you i think it's time for a change of the defensive position there and then that last game of the season against the giants they were losing 24 to nothing before they pulled their starters so you can't if you can't get an offensive scheme going against the giants and defensively you've got nothing going they're putting up 24 points on you within like the first half i mean it's it's time for a change and yeah, I, think, I think the the worst part i think about having kellen moore come in is like we talked earlier, you know, he's, I think he's a very pass minded offensive coordinator. 
Right. Which nothing against Jalen Hurts, but I just don't. I mean, I don't think he's the, the greatest passing quarterback. I, I mean, I like Jalen Hurts a lot, but and he has improved. He did improve uh, in twenty twenty two with his passing. So I mean, maybe Kellen Moore can get him back to that. But last year, their pa- Eagles passing offense was horrible. Oh yeah. And now the only thing with Kellen Moore is, is you know, okay, if you're pass minded, that's fine to get your pass offense back in there, but. The Eagles, you know, relied a lot on their run game last year. And if he's going to get away from that, well, you know, what's what's that offense going to look like? And the thing, too, though, is like this past season, Jalen Hurts, touchdown to interceptions. He had 23 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. Whereas the previous season, the Super Bowl year, he had one less touchdown, 22, but only six interceptions. So, I mean, yeah. was it Brian Johnson that really caused – Jalen Hurts' kind of demise this year, or was it Jalen Hurts' play? I mean, it's hard to tell. I mean, we'll find out this year if Jalen Hurts kind of has the same season he had, you know, in 2023. Maybe it is Jalen Hurts. Maybe it's not the offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think I lean. I think I'm leaning more towards the offensive coordinator because, you know, how do you explain that, you know, like I said, the offense of the Eagles – from the Super Bowl year to this past year, had nine out of their 11 starters return. Yeah. So how do you explain, you know, Jalen Hurts' stats from that Super Bowl year to this year when, you know, you basically had the same exact offense? The only thing that changed was your coordinator. So, again, not saying that I put any blame on Jalen Hurts because, you know, he is the one out there on the field. But, you know, you got to look at that aspect of it of – I could see it'd be a different story if, you know, you come from a Super Bowl year and then your offense just gets dismantled in the offseason. Right. And I can understand seeing your stats go crazy because, you know, you've got a new offensive coordinator, lost a lot of guys on the offense, but only thing that really changed was ultimately was the offensive coordinator. So, right. Yeah, and you – like I, like I said last week, you look at uh, what what uh, Shane Steichen did with the Colts, you know, with a backup quarterback playing pretty much the entire season, and he was you know four points away from taking them to the playoffs. So obviously he's a very good offensive coordinator, and I think a lot of the success that, that team had on offense last year was because of him. But at the same time, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm not sold on Kellen Moore yet. I need to see more from him he's i don't think he's ever won a playoff game as a coordinator i believe um actually no they did win one last year they beat the the buccaneers um and then they lost to the 49ers the following week but you know this year obviously five wins as an offensive coordinator not a good sign but you're going into a much better offense here uh an offense that was in a super bowl that knows how to have success in the postseason so i think if they're going to be able to figure it out it's going to be these two, you know, this offense with Kellen Moore. So we'll see what happens this season coming up. But like I said, I need to see a little bit more from Kellen Moore before I start praising him. Yeah. All right. So the Steelers are going to hire ex-Falcons head coach Arthur Smith as their next offensive coordinator. Do you believe that he can add a spark back into the Steelers offense? Because that Steelers defense was pretty good this year. And I think the only thing that was holding them back was this offense. Do you think Arthur Smith is going to be able to to put that pep back in the step? Uh, I think so. Just because, uh, 
again, like we said, Arthur Smith, not a very good head coach, I don't think. I mean, he was 21-30 and 30 with the Falcons over three seasons. Um, so I think uh, as an offensive coordinator, you know, when he was in Tennessee, you know, they, they had the top-ranked rushing uh, attack in Tennessee than when he was offensive coordinator. So if you look at coming in to – Pittsburgh with Najee Harris and you know they got Jalen Warren now I think that they can because I I know Kenny Pickett wasn't the greatest quarterback this year or Mason Rudolph or whoever decided to start the that week of the the game but uh I know you didn't get very good play out of your quarterback position but I your, your rushing attack wasn't very good in Pittsburgh either this year Najee Harris didn't stand out at all um when everybody you know predicted him to be a great running back for years on end. Um, but, you know, I think it can get a definitely improved from Matt Canada. Uh, you know, they were 25th in total offense this season. And I was looking at a stat actually earlier today. And if, if the Steelers defense held the team to 22 or fewer points, they were 19, three and one. If the, Defense allowed more than twenty-two points. They were one in fifteen. <laughs> so it's like right there is all you need to hear. You know, your defense is literally, basically winning you games. Yeah. You know, because if they let up more than twenty-two points, you win one game. It's just it's crazy. So I I think you know Arthur Smith is a good offensive coordinator. Like I said, he wasn't the best head coach in in, in Atlanta, but I think he can really uh, get this rushing attack back to what it was, and hopefully they can find some uh, strength in their in their quarterback position. I mean, I I like Kenny Pickett. I know you don't. I do I, not. Uh, I I I think he could be all right. I just think he was in a bad position. But yeah, uh, they maybe there. Maybe it's the gloves that throw me off because I don't like that look for a quarterback, but. I just I don't see Kenny Pickett being the guy there long term. I mean, I think he was a waste of a first round pick. He's had uh, you know, a couple of seasons now to prove that we were wrong, but I just don't see it. And, you know, coming into the season, looking at that quarterback room where you have Kenny Pickett, you have Mitch Trubisky, and then Mason Rudolph, no one would have picked Mason Rudolph at the beginning of the season to be the best quarterback out of those three. And essentially he was because those last three games he played, even the playoff game. After the you know the first half there, he started to kind of light it up. But those last few games of the season, I mean, he looked very good. And you know, Kenny Pickett, he was just struggling to get by all season. Like you said, defense was the main key piece to why this team made the playoffs. Um, you know, T.J. Watt, who's probably going to be your defensive player of the year this year, and you know, guys like Joey Porter Jr., you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, you know. Um, Highsmith, you know, guys like that, they, they, they've got a solid defense. And offensively, yeah, Najee Harris, he kind of declined this year from where he's been the past couple seasons, you know. But Warren, their backup running back, he played lights out this year. Every time they called on him, he did a fantastic job. You know, and you got – there's a pretty decent receiving core, I think. George Pickens isn't bad. Deontay Johnson isn't bad. You know, Pat Firemuth, he's not a bad tight end. Like, they've got talent on offense. They just don't have the quarterback to make it happen. And I think, I don't know, I 
I hate to say it because this is going to be Mike Tomlin's last year on his current contract, but I think they're going to go into the season with Kenny Pickett as the quarterback, and I think that's going to be a mistake. And they're going to realize this season that they should have gone after another quarterback, whether that be free agency or, you know, I don't think they should spend a first-round pick because it's going to be a later first-round pick on a quarterback, but I think maybe mid-round pick, like third round, possibly even second round, I think you go after a quarterback just to see if there's something there. But I don't think Kenny Pickett is your guy. And I think Arthur Smith is going to be the one to figure that out. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I Like I said, I like Kenny Pickett. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure if it's just him or if he's in a bad situation there. But so this this stat I seen was 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 crazy because, and this is going back to, to Matt Canada, might be, you know, a, a horrible offensive coordinator, which I think he is, but they had 26 first half drives this season and only once they got to the red zone. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. A, that that's is wild. crazy. Yeah. But 26 like, times you were on the field in the first half and you got to the red zone once. Yeah. Once. That's poor. That's that's really poor. So again, you know, it's kind of like going back to the whole Panther thing. Can you get any worse on offense? Right. You know, when you when you were ranked 25th in, in total offense, like, I don't know. And the sad thing is, is they were ranked 13th in the run on offense, and their run didn't even stand out. Yeah. You know, so it's like your scoring red zone and your passing offense are bringing you down big time. You, you know, your run is really what kept you in contention for the playoffs. Because it wasn't passing. Yeah, and I don't know. It's tough because, you know, it's easy to blame someone when things are going bad. And this year, I think the scapegoat was Matt Canada. I mean, and I don't think he's the guy to be the offensive coordinator there. I don't, I don't, I think he's kind of, I don't want to say talentless, but I think he is one of, was, you know, one of the worst offensive coordinator candidates. But you look, Kenny Pickett. This entire season, he only had six touchdowns and four interceptions in a season where he played up to early December. You know, the last four starts of his season, he hadn't thrown a touchdown pass. He started, his last game he started was December 3rd against the Arizona Cardinals, and he hadn't thrown a touchdown pass in a month. November 2nd was the last time he threw a touchdown pass. And, you know, like I said, six touchdown passes in, what, 12, 13 games? That's not good. You're throwing a touchdown every other game. You need someone, especially this offense where Najee Harris had a bad year. You know, you need a quarterback to step up, and they did not have that this year. And I don't think they're going to have that if they continue to roll with Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's it's hard to think because, like, is is it play calling or is it Kenny Pickett? You can't tell me that you're that poor of a quarterback that you can only throw six six touchdowns. I mean, I think it might come down to play call because I don't know. I mean, at a certain point, though, like even if the play calling is bad, a good quarterback will make it work. Like you've got options. You've got hot reads. You know, at, at most there's five receivers on the field. So you've got five different options to pass the ball to. Even if the play call is bad, at some point, a good quarterback is going to find a play. I guess. But when you look back at, you know, 26 first half drives and you got to the red zone once being in the red zone how are you getting touchdowns 
You know, you're not even getting a chance to be unless you're throwing bombs from the other end of the field, hoping for a touchdown. You know, if you, if you can't even get the if the offense can't even get to the red zone to to give a quarterback a chance, you know, that's yeah. why I feel like play calling is a a big part of that because you know that's just that's poor. Yeah. And I mean, I think it was a mixture of both Matt Canada and, you know, the quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Um, Cause I mean, I mean, you look at, and, and I, it's tough to say because Matt Canada got fired before this, but look at when Kenny Pickett or uh, not Kenny Pickett, but look at when Mason Rudolph came in, like I said, he did have some success. He played a lot better than both Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett played all season. So it's tough to say, but I think, if we look at the 2024 season, if this team still has the same output on offense as they did this year, do we blame Arthur Smith then, or is it time to put the blame on Kenny Pickett? Yeah, well, I think I think Mason Rudolph might be a, a might have been maybe a tad bit better, but you know, then you gotta think like, did Matt Canada pull Joe Barry and just fucking ball out at the end of the year and? You know, because yeah. that's you know that's basically kind of what happened. You know, they were dismal all season long under Matt Canada. Steelers fans, the whole whole entire city of Pittsburgh is like Matt Canada got to go. You know, everybody's voting for this dude to leave, and then he's like, "Well, hey, we can maybe make playoffs. So let me just th- throw the play sheet at him." You know, so I don't know is is that what what made Mason Rudolph look good, or I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think Arthur Smith, you know, is going to be a good because, like you said, when he was with Tennessee, he did pretty good. You know, it's tough to make a guy like Ryan Tannehill look good, but I think he did that. You know, the few seasons he was there. Um, so we'll see. But I, I think Arthur Smith, like I said, he's another. This is another situation where he's a good coordinator but very poor head coach. So we'll see. Like I said, I don't trust Kenny Pickett, and I think I have a feeling that's who they're going to ride with this season. But we'll see where they end up at the end of twenty twenty four. Yeah, I'm just I'm just curious to see if a different coordinator can maybe give Kenny Pickett the insight and in coaching that he might need to to maybe be better. I don't know. Maybe that's Arthur and, Smith. Maybe yeah, not. Maybe yeah, he just be. sucks. Yeah, it could it could have been the coordinator. Like I said, there's a lot of times where that is the situation where it's a coaching issue. But, you know, this will be a, a fine 2024 is going to be a good season to kind of prove either way, whether it was the coordinator or whether it was quarterback. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the championship round matchups from Sunday. The first matchup, we had the Chiefs beating the Ravens in Baltimore 17-10 to in the AST championship game. How impressed are we with KC's defense and how well they were able to hold Baltimore under wraps? Uh, I'm going to start off by saying I don't mean any disrespect to the Chiefs' defense, but Baltimore offense lost this game. Yeah. Hand, hands down, 100%. I don't, I don't care who you are. I know Chiefs' defense, you know, they had a, uh, a very good uh, outing and, you know, they did play very well, but there were so many times, you know, that Zay Flowers fumble should have been a touchdown. Right. You know, that, that interception that Lamar threw, you know, are we questioning that was pass interference? I don't know. Who cares? But should never throw that ball. So it's like, for one, that fumble, that's Zay Flowers' fault. You know, yeah, okay, Sneed had a good punch at it, whatever. Um, the interception, I mean, 
you got, you got three Chiefs guys waiting for a ball to come down. That interception, that ain't that ain't a good interception. You're just right. waiting for the ball. And then that other that other fumble uh, that Lamar had. That's I mean. So that's why I think, yeah, the Chiefs' defense again. Like I said, no disrespect to them; they played a good game. But ultimately, I think the the Baltimore offense is is what lost that game because you you take away those you know that touchdown or that interception in the end zone. Say that was a good ball, or or even if it was called pass interference, you know you're on the one yard line. That's a touchdown. Zay Flowers don't fumble knee down at the one and a half. More yeah. than likely a touchdown, so that's fourteen points right there that were left on 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 the field, and then the other last fumble, you know what, whatever could have came of that potentially, but yeah, I I don't know, Lamar Jackson just I don't know he turned into a completely different person. Yeah, there this, were a, this game a lot of miscues, miscues, and. You, so this doesn't the offensive scheme, the game plan that they came into this game with does not make sense to me because you are one of the best ranked rushing offenses in the entire league going against exactly. one of the worst, well, going against one of the worst ranked rushing defenses in the entire league, and you run the ball eleven times. Other than that, that first touchdown pass to Zay Flowers where he threw a dime after getting out of a sack, this offense fell flat on their face after that. Yeah, you, you had you had two you had two huge completions to Zay Flower, the one on the taunting and the one on the touchdown. Other than that, you you have nothing to show for it. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, there was six carries by the running backs. Six carries in the whole game by running backs. All the other carries were by Lamar, which yeah. more than likely were, you know, I don't know if they were all you know actual called quarterback runs, but most of them were scrambles for him, you know, saving his life. And that's another thing too. Like, you know, Lamar's got that internal clock. You got to know when, when you got to roll out. Yeah. I mean, how many times did he take massive sacks and then lost that fumble on the sack when it's like, bro, nobody's open. Nobody's going to be open. Get out of there, run that ball. And it's like on that first drive that, or well, it wasn't their first drive. They put on their first drive, but that second drive that they answered back to KC's touchdown. You know, they had three great runs on that play. One by Lamar, yeah. uh, one by Gus Edwards, the uh, jet sweep by Zay Flowers, and then the touchdown pass to Zay Flowers. Like, you know, you ran the ball great on that drive, and then it's like, oh, well, we're only going to run it three more times with our running backs the rest of the game now. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. I mean, after that, like the first drive you said they punted, which I was like, okay, now I'm a little concerned. But then their second drive on offense, and they were cooking. Like they, that touchdown to Zay Flowers, and I was like, okay, this is going to be a game now. And then they just – nothing after that. And, you know, yeah, like you said, Zay Flowers fumbles it there at the goal line. Um, they have that taunting penalty, which I don't think should have been taunting. I don't necessarily yeah. agree with that. That's kind of – I think that was bullshit. Um, and then Lamar, for some reason, throws it into triple coverage and gets picked. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't understand what happened there, and I'm not sure why Isaiah likely would have raised his hand like he was open because he was. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I. That's what I was so confused about because, regardless of 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 the the ball being thrown, Lamar should never thrown that ball. But for likely to put his arm up, like bro, 
who are you looking at? Yeah. Maybe you ain't open. Maybe he didn't see that safety that was back there in the end zone. Maybe he thought he could just burn those two guys that were on him. But I mean, how do you not miss three guys? Yeah. And not only, but like uh, Lamar Jackson at this point in his career should be smart enough not to throw that ball. And maybe he was just desperate and throwing it up. But I mean, at that point, like throw an incompletion, throw it out of bounds, you know, throw it to someone who's more open than triple coverage. But I mean, this game, I mean, and I had somebody had to be open when there's three guys covering one dude. Somebody had to be open somewhere. And hats off to the Baltimore defense because they held Kansas City Chiefs offense to 17 points, which is impressive. You know, you got Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, you know, that offense holding them to only 17 points. But as Baltimore's offense, an offense that put up 40 some points last week against the Texans, we saw this team put up 59 points against the Dolphins in a regular season game, and you can only score 10 points. It's just, it doesn't make sense to me. Like this offensive game plan should have just been scrapped at halftime. They should have went back to what they know best. And that is running the ball, which they avoided in this game for some reason. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I don't, I don't get the whole, the whole running aspect of everything. I mean, you, and you know, KC was like all over Lamar Jackson because they're like, well, these idiots ain't running the ball. Yeah. So we'll just focus on our pass rush because they ain't handing the damn ball off. That was that was a poor outing by the Baltimore's offense, hands yeah. down. I mean, and again, like I said, I don't want to take anything away from the Chiefs' defense, but Baltimore's offense lost that game because Baltimore's defense played lights out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they had those first two KC, and that's the thing about it. The, the first two drives that Kansas City had, they scored touchdowns on. So 14 – out of the 17 points that Kansas City scored on the first two drives, everything other than that was one field goal, punts, turnover on downs. So it's like, okay, they left up 14 points on two drives, but they figured them out then. Yeah. You know, that Baltimore defense buckled down and was like, hey, they ain't scoring another point off of us. And other than that field goal, they didn't. The whole second half, Chiefs didn't score a single point. So it's like, if I'm the Baltimore's defense, I'm like, I'm, 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 my mind's blown. I'm like, we're out here doing everything. You guys can't put up a score, something? Yeah. I mean, my God, I, I, I would be so frustrated if I was at Baltimore defense because they played hands down. I mean, and like I said, Baltimore's defense, I think, played way better than the Chiefs defense did. But the Baltimore offense just didn't do anything. No, yeah, this, this, one, this one was one where, and I hate to say that, like, the Baltimore Ravens lost this game, but they, they lost this game more than the Chiefs won this game. And I don't know. I, I was expecting this one. Honestly, I was expecting this to be a blowout by the Ravens because of what what we've seen from the Chiefs this year and what we've seen from the Ravens this year. The Ravens were the better team going into this game. I just don't oh, know yeah. what the hell happened. Yeah, and the, the sad thing is is between all the the running backs, the jet sweeps to Zay Flowers and Lamar running the ball – Ravens had 81 rushing yards the whole game. 81. Yeah. And the sad thing is, I think it was like 30, 34 or something yards was on that drive that they scored a touchdown. Yeah. So 34 out of your 81 yards of rushing for the whole game were on one drive. Yeah. And then the rest of the time, you're just throwing the ball over the place. For what reason? I don't get it. 
Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me either. I don't know why they would have avoided their better part of their offense this season. And it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. And honestly, like the Chiefs won two games last week against Buffalo, this week against Baltimore that I thought they were both going to lose. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I would much rather have seen Baltimore in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, this this AFC championship game, I was, I mean, I didn't, Honestly, not not gonna lie, I didn't really care who won because I didn't wasn't really rooting for either team. Um, but I was leaning more towards the Ravens myself. But yeah, such is life. Now the Chiefs go to another Super Bowl. All right, so let's get into the <laughs> NFC Championship game. The 49ers beat the Lions thirty four to thirty one. Who is to blame for the Lions blowing a 24-7 halftime lead? Now, they look pretty impressive in the first half of this game. I thought after at halftime, I was like, well, this one's over. The Lions got this one in the bag. It's the way they're playing. Yep. I think the only person you can blame, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, waving bye to the fans in the second quarter. <laughs> yeah, kind of jinxed bad, him. Bad juju. Bad yeah. juju. I'm telling yeah. you. But no, uh, seriously, I think that the thing you got to blame the most is coaching. Yeah. I, I, hands down. And then – the the big wide receiver drops. I mean that that was those were huge. I mean I get you went on a fourth and three and you know that ball to Reynolds was hundred percent catchable. I mean that was hundred percent Reynolds' fault. So I get it, you know, because honestly at the end of the day, Reynolds catches that ball. We might not be talking about a 49ers victory, right? You know, but but that's a decision that Dan Campbell made, and he's you know he swears by his decisions for going on a fourth down, but. Both fourth downs that they didn't convert on were in field goal range. So yeah. you add those six points that that were potential field goals. I mean, that's you win that game. Yeah, and even if you just go for it, or not go for it, but even if you just kick one of those field goals, this is a tie game. It could have went into overtime. Um, I mean, I'm torn. I'm torn on on the Dan Campbell decisions in this game because. Yeah, they should have probably kicked the field goals, but at the same time, this is the whole reason that they were in the NFC Championship game because of the, the huge balls that Dan Campbell has going for it. Like he's the way the only way I could describe it is Dan Campbell coached this game like he was playing Madden because you know damn well if you're playing Madden, it's fourth and two, you're not kicking a field goal, you're not punting the ball, you're going for it. So yeah, they probably should have kicked the field goals there, but at the same time, like Dan Campbell. He's that's the guy he is. I mean, they went for it more than on fourth down more than anybody else in the league this year, and you know they won twelve games doing it. So I mean, you gotta have balls to make decisions like that. And I think Dan Campbell is the only guy in the league that has the balls to make those decisions. Yeah, and I mean, I, and I don't, I don't have any problem with that during a regular season, but when playoffs come, you, you gotta have a different mindset. Yeah, and you got to look at it from a different standpoint of like, okay, do I get three points or give the ball to the 49ers? Yeah. You know? And and like I said, during the regular season, not that you're out there playing scrubs, but this is the NFC Championship game. You're playing the second best team in the NFC or one of the best two teams in the NFC, including you being there. Yeah. So it's like sometimes those decisions you can't make. I mean, you got to make better decisions on that. And again, like I said, I know he stood by his decision and said, hey, you know, I would have done it 
hands down over and over again. But then if you're going to say that, then you also got to say, I'm the reason why we lost this game. Yeah. And, you know, too, the thing about it is like Kyle Shanahan, he's probably one of my favorite coaches in the league because he is just an offensive guru. I mean, to be able to, we saw him have success with Jimmy G. We saw him have success with Brock Purdy, you know, two quarterbacks, who kind of were written off by the rest of the league. And then he takes both teams to a Super Bowl. I mean, you know, Jimmy G, he was in, they played in the Super Bowl with him and ultimately they lost to the Chiefs that year. But I mean, you can't take chances like this against uh, offense with like Kyle Shanahan. You can't take chances like this against a defense that is one of the best in the league. So, I mean, it's tough when you're going against a team like that, but at the same time, like they had this game won. they were up big in the first half, 24 to seven. And I don't know what the hell happened where they just fell flat on their face. Cause even if you're not going for it on the fourth downs, even if you are kicking those field goals, they still, like you said, drop passes. There were a lot of possessions that ended up empty with punts and stuff like that. Like they did not play the same ball they played in the, in the first half. Yeah. I mean, one of the thing is too, is you got to look at, you know, those fourth downs, the turnover on downs, you know, that's a big momentum swing. You know, and they can stop you on fourth down, turn the ball over, and not give up any points. You know, that's yeah. because at the end of the day, I look at it this way. You know, you kick that field goal, yeah, it's only three points, but, you know, the momentum's still on your side because, you know, you're, you're now you're up three more points. Whereas both times that, that the, the Lions, turned the ball over on fourth down, missing fourth down conversions, the 49ers went and scored a touchdown. Yeah. So not only did you give up three points on those two drives, you left up 14 on the other side. Now, granted, who who knows if they kick the field goal and then, you know, they that next drive for the 49ers, they score a touchdown. Who cares? But if you're still looking at that aspect of the same points being scored by the 49ers, I mean, you still either you tie that game kicking those field goals yeah and i was surprised too like before halftime it was like fourth and goal from like the two or three yard line and they actually kicked a field goal i was shocked i thought dan campbell was actually going to go for that one just because of how close they were and then he started making the field goal motion on the sideline and i was like wow i can't believe he's actually kicking a field goal instead of going for it on fourth down but yeah i guess it was too far he said but then you go for it on fourth and three yeah at the at the 49ers 28 yard line. Yeah. So you're not going to go on fourth and goal on the 3 yard line? It's just, it's the same distance. And got that god forbid, you know, you hand it off to Jamar Gibbs or David Montgomery. Okay, they get a yard or two. You turn it over. Okay, well now you got the 49ers who are hiking the ball from from the the one and a half yard line. Yeah, and this I mean, I think I speak for the rest of the country, except for maybe people from San Francisco. When I say we all wanted the Lions to win this game, I mean, oh, they yeah, just, I was definitely rooting for the Lions. All yeah, day. they they just had one hell of a storybook, uh, you know, year this season, and you know, we all wanted them to win. I mean, I and I don't want to say that I'm necessarily upset that San Francisco won because I do have, you know, I do feel pretty good about Brock Purdy. I do like him. I think he gets a bad rap, um, you know, but I, honestly, I wanted the 49 or the, the Lions to win this game because, you know, just because of what they did, you know, two years ago, 
His team was three and 14. Um, you know, and if you would have said two years ago, Hey, yeah, the lions are going to be in the NFC championship game in two years. A lot of people would have thought you're fucking crazy. So <laughs> just the turnaround this team had in the last two seasons, you know, and Dan Campbell, he's just a leader of men. And, you know, and the good news is this morning I heard, um, uh, Offensive coordinator Ben Johnson told both the Seahawks and the Commanders that he oh, doesn't want to in yeah, Detroit. Yeah, yeah he, he doesn't want to leave Detroit. So that's good. I mean, if they're gonna because he was he's basically the reason they've had success that offense yeah. this season. I mean, and to get him back is just huge. So I could fully see him running it back next year. You know, possibly being in another NFC Championship game, but you know, at the same time, you know, this was probably the year that they wanted to do it. Yeah. And and then, you know, when Dan Campbell said this could have been our only shot, it's like, well, I don't know if I'd say that, you know. <laughs> that's, that's you know, that's leaving off on a bad foot, you know. Like, you got to have a better mindset than that because, you know, if you're keeping the, the team you got around you, uh, and obviously now Ben Johnson's staying, like, you know, if you're going to come back at the next season with basically the same team, same coordinators, Dan Campbell's still there and everybody, you know, why not? Why can't you do it again? Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I think that everybody feels that way, though. Like, you get, like, you're climbing the mountain, you can see the top of the mountain, and then you kind of just stumble down before you reach the peak. I mean, I think everybody feels that way. Like, you're you're going to consider this as your moment, and you didn't, you know, relish the moment. You didn't take advantage of it as well as you should have, and now you have to start all over again next year, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Cause like you said, they're going to have a lot of guys coming back. Ben Johnson's coming back, which is huge. So, I mean, they're definitely going to be able to run the table again, but well, yeah. you know, you make it this far, you don't want to see it go up in flames as it did. Yeah. Well, I, I understand that aspect of it, but you also got to think like, Hey, you know, look how far we've come, you know, yeah. uh, like you said, going from three and 14, two seasons ago to being in the NFC championship game. I mean, you got to, you got to have that mindset of, Hey, you know, we've come this far, you know, right. we could, we can do it again. And, and nothing against, you know, uh, obviously being a green Bay fan, but the NFC North, you know, that's a winnable division for them now, you yeah. know, because the bears, they're always going to suck. The, the Vikings, you know, they'll more than likely blow it every year. Um, if Green Bay can, you know, stay hot as like they did and end the season, you know, they're really, Typically, your only competition within the NFC North, and you know, if the Detroit Lions have the same team this coming year as they did last year, they win that NFC North division all day. So it's like you got—I mean, you're guaranteed playoffs, and that's the biggest part—is getting to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, also, though, like going from a three-win team last year, they would have nine. And they won nine games, but they've got a target on their back now. You know, as a three-win team, you don't have a target on your back. You're kind of flying under the radar. But now that this team proved that they can win the division, that they proved that they can, you know, almost make it to a Super Bowl, they're definitely a Super Bowl contender, I would think, going into next season. So they've got a big target on their back. Teams are going to be preparing for this Lions team as if they've never had before just because of what they were able to do. So it's going to be tough. It's always going to be a tough ride in the NFL as a team, no matter – how good you were the previous season. It's always going to be tough to get back to where you were. But I think as this team progresses, you know, next year they can definitely get back to an NFC championship game, possibly even the Super Bowl. But like I said, it's going to be tough. 
Yeah. I think I think they could do it. If, like I said, if they if they can keep keep the the squad that they got, they got a pretty good shot. Yeah. I don't see why not. I mean, yeah, they're a very very good team, and I would have liked to have seen them make the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, that is going to do it for another episode of Late Hit. Uh, don't forget to follow us and listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts at Late Hit Pro Football Radio. We are on Twitter at Late Hit PFR. Join us next week. We're going to go over the Pro Bowl games from this upcoming weekend. We're going to do our Super Bowl preview, and then we are going to go over who we think should have won all of the year-end awards. So like I said, don't forget to listen to us, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll talk to you all next week. See you later.